Grand rising, everyone. I like going to last spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Mm -hmm. Yum. Oh, tastes so fabuloso. Yum, yum, yum. All right, let's get started. Um, cool thing today. I'm going to be doing a photo shoot. It's been a while since I've done a photo shoot for spirit and coffee. Let's update my photos. Of course, you know, glamorize this thing. <laughs> Not much of a makeup person. Just put a little light makeup on always. Okay, anywho, what the hell does that have to do about spirit and coffee? Good morning. Um, okay, let's get started. So, uh, the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation, the Revelation of Hermes. Woohoo, that's where we're at. Um, you know, we've been talking about the Doctrine of Correspondence. Pretty cool, as above, so below. Um, learning how to work with the one, the below and the above and how to get through the below, which is where we are pretty much in the very dense matter, trying to work with the above so that we can then steer our vessel in a way that's meaningful um, and start to work on our craft, which is kind of cool, right? This gets us to the point where we're actually have a workshop and we're almost like these, almost like a mad scientist, right? Working um, in our workshop to figure out, you know, basically how to heal ourselves. <laughs> that is the job of the spiritual alchemist. How do we heal ourselves, right? Not necessarily the world or everything else, but here we go. As you heal yourself, that actually transpires and radiates outward, and that healing then becomes part of the collective consciousness. Um, good morning, Lorac. Now, Let's just take a look at this, okay? So Hermes, okay, Hermes Trismegistus. Now, um, again, spiritual alchemy wasn't a process given to us by Hermes, but that was a big part of sort of how an individual or they quote unquote say it was a, a god. I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways to see it, but they say it was a hu actual human being who actually learned how to use um, alchemy the, the correct way. Okay, one of the, the great alchemists. All right, good morning. So Hermes Trismegist Trismegistus described breaking away from the material uh, reality by traveling along the hidden cosmic axis of the divine pymander, uh, mind of the sovereignty. Okay, so we talked about the sovereignty. And sovereignty is a big part of it. Now we see this. Now here's the cool part. This is where everything starts to interconnect. We see this in what? A sovereign person we see it in governments right we see it in doctrines that were written how do we begin to govern and talk about sovereignty of the body so literally all of the entire structures that have been created were based on these laws now if you go back to the doctrine and if you go back to law you'll see that a lot of this is interconnected okay again alchemy is interconnected to everything you want you want to find I don't want to say answers, but you want to find clues to how certain processes were developed. Well, there you go. Go into alchemy. It'll give you all of what you're looking for. Part of the uh, Corpus Hermeticum. While meditating, Hermes entered an altered state of consciousness. My thought was raised to the great height, he explained. Yet my bodily senses had been put under res rest restraint as in a sleep. Though not such a sleep as of men weighed down by the fullness of food or bodily weariness. Thus, 
Freed from the attachment of his bodily senses, his mind began to travel along the spiral axis. So here we go. This is, people talk about like um, fifth dimensions, three dimensions, whatever dimensions, right? How do we tap into that? And just recently, I've been doing this meditation, mindfulness meditation, that kind of stuff. And I've done meditation, you know, throughout my life. Now, have I been consistent every single day? No, not necessarily. Um, but what has happened with the meditation I'm doing now? So I have typically they say, well, you know, quiet your mind. That's not what meditation's for. Um, we cannot quiet our mind. We have the monkey mind, but here's the deal. The meditation allows us to be aware of our awareness. And, and then when we're aware of our awareness, we can be aware of that and allow it to just mold and shape the way it's supposed to. Now, time seems to slow here. Notice that when you're in a state of meditation, time seems to go slow. You put it on for five minutes and you feel like it's five hours. Try doing that for an hour and it feels like days. So this is how we understand how we relate to time and how we start to connect to these interdimensional time spaces. So recently with meditation, what's happened to me is rather than words happening in my mind, I'm starting to get into a hypnotic state of being where I'm seeing images rather than words or hearing the thoughts in my brain or trying to redirect my brain to focus on my breathing. That space, right, where you start to see full on. Now, I don't know. I've never really worked. I mean, I've done hypnotherapy and stuff like that, but I've never really worked with that particular um, state of being. I've never really mindfully worked with it to see what it has to offer. So if I wanted to tap into it, I could. Now here's the deal. I'm a um, very vivid, uh, dream, have vivid dream recall. So part of this is tapping into the dream world because there are fifth, sixth dimensions. People think that, I don't know what they think about traveling to fifth, sixth dimensional time spaces. Like, oh, I left my body. Really, you're, you're in a meditative state of being where your body is there but you and you're actively participating with your body but then you sort of your mind sort of wanders somewhere else it goes somewhere else and that space can be fifth sixth dimensional time spaces right so the mind kind of goes on a journey and and sees images sees things that are beyond our own understanding at times so we have access to it right this is not just it's, it's, you know, I don't know, people maybe want to feel special and that's okay. But I think some people just, well, I'm able to do this and I'm able to do that. Follow me. Right. Um, when instead of saying, Hey, everybody has access to this, which you guys do, you have access to these states of mind. Now, how do you utilize it? Um, there was a couple of things, um, creative reverie, um, was something that my professor said, um, where we are participating in active imagination um, and it's unfolding in front of us, which is like really kind of a cool space to be in. And you can do this. It does take some practice and time. One of the things I would say to sort of help you through this, if you were trying to, let's say, astral plane or go to other states of being without having to do any psychedelics, you don't have to do psychedelics, okay? Psychedelics will take you there for sure. It, you know, instantaneously. 
but you don't you don't need psychedelics you see in the ancient times and um these individuals back in the day indigenous cultures didn't use um ayahuasca and all that that was a construct that happened later on in history and the reason is because they had drum ceremonies because the sound and vibration of the drum and their dancing allowed them to go into altered states of consciousness they were able to tap into the imagination to reach fifth dimensional time spaces to uh, talk to the gods or talk to the goddesses or aliens or whatever you want to call them, right? Now, we see that this is sort of happening around the world where people are trying to tap into extraterrestrials and, you know, all this stuff, the fifth dimensional spaces, six dimensions, trying to reach beyond our own um, world, our own physical, tangible, weighted down world. They're trying to transcend that and reach higher states of being here's the deal they'll tell you well here do this or do that but we need to take psychedelics to do that you don't okay literally you can what you can do and you have access to this every single day your dreams your dreams people don't know this but if you start to engage with your dreams and work with your dreams now you can start to work with them in the waking world and you can start to meditate and see whole images as you're meditating rather than just listening to the monkey mind telling you you're not good enough you you're overwhelmed you can't do this you can't do that it takes you to another place and space hey bobby how are you so if you're interested in reaching other dimensional spaces right and you're like hey i want to <laughs> I don't know, fly to the moon. Um, you can do that. And you can transcend time through this. So there, and then there's information. You can even tap into the Akashic record, as they call it, right? Um, and the collect, really, it's what I call the collective unconscious that we have access to that. It's not like, oh, some, you're, only special people have access, not you. No, they just, said that so that you don't access it but everybody does and you can so again they used to do drum ceremonies what happened here especially where i'm from um the indigenous cultures they literally took away their drums and they would get in trouble and punished if they were found with drums so they had to find alternative ways to continue on utilizing their ceremony um and they used to use psychedelics to be able to do that. They figured it out. So drum ceremonies were outlawed um, and they couldn't do it, which is it's crazy. But if you listen to certain tones and vibrations, and you guys know this, you can go on a total trip without having to do any kind of psychedelics. And that trip is where? It's to other dimensional time spaces, speaking to maybe other um, characters. Now, people say, oh, that sounds like crazy shit. It's not crazy. Just remember your dreams. Where, who are those characters? Everybody has dreams. Not everybody remembers them, but if they did, where are those characters? So what's more real? Our dreams and our unconscious mind, um, you know, accessing the collective unconscious, or what is it? So are you crazy? No. Are we crazy for saying that there's aliens and we can know because our mind 
right? Our, our, we don't know what we don't know, basically. And there's stuff beyond our own understanding. And our dream world is one of them. You could never understand everything that happens in your dreams. Not possible. You, ha- you live whole lifetimes in your dream space. It's crazy. Okay. Fourth with all things change in aspects before me and were opened out of in out in a moment and be beheld a boundless view. All was changed into light, a mild and joyous light, a marvel when I saw, I marveled when I saw it. And in that little while there came to be in one part a downwarding, tending darkness, terrible and grim. And therefore I saw the darkness changing into a watery substance, which was speakably tossed about, coiling in sinuous folds. Uh, it gave forth smoke as, for, as from fire. Um, I heard it making an indescribable sound of lamination, uh, for there was a set forth in an in articulate cry. But from the light there came forth a holy speech, which took its stand upon the watery substance. Um, the metha, this word was the voice of the light, and the divine mind spoke uh, for me to hear. That light is I, even the one mind, the first God, who is before the watery substance which appeared out of darkness, and the word which came forth from the light is the Son of God. Learn by uh, my meaning by looking at what you yourself have in you, for in you too the word is Son, the mind of the Father of the word. They are not separate from one another, for they live in union of the word and the mind. Now fix your thought upon the light and learn to know it. This is where we get into fire letters. And the so they're, again, all interconnected, right? And we're talking about how the one mind, and it's kind you know, this is kind of cool, actually. Um, I'm going to share some some insight with you guys what's going on in my life and how this is relatable to what's happening with me. Um, pretty weird, right? Life is just the universe. You think if you think it's all coincidence, it's not certain things are put in front of you for a purpose. And if we can recognize this purpose, we can actually start to, again, work with the above and the below. We got to understand the signs, right? We've got to be practitioners of the alchemic work. We have a spiritual alchemy lab, right? Here's the deal. I am currently in a, as you guys know, a program, Consciousness and Transformative Studies, right, at JFKU. Now, this thing that we're doing is um, I'm taking this course and it's called um, Writing Your Story. And literally, it's just free writing. And I love it because we, free writing, I've never done this before, very creative where you allow yourself to just write whatever comes up. Now, I've journaled before like this, but this is different. I don't know why. There's, there's, a, there's a different feel to it. So they give us these prompts, and then we, we could write from the prompts or not, and we just allow whatever comes out of our mind to come out of our mind. So we're going to get an A as long as we write it. So in writing a story, and I think at, eventually I want to share the story because it's literally, um, it's just one page. It's almost like maybe, a, I don't want to say a poem. I don't know what it would be called, but it's just one tiny page, um, very easy. But what it talks about is exactly that. It talks about, 
Interesting enough, it talks about the mythology behind narcissism, which is uh, something that we're learning about this week in our class, right? And this is a word that we sort of just throw around, not really understanding the true meaning of what it is, okay? Now, it's important to understand what this is, right? So when we look at the mythology behind it, um, it's actually quite interesting because it gives us a clue how to work with the above and the below, believe it or not. Pretty interesting. And in writing about it, right, collect, connecting that writing to, to what I'm learning in my archetypal mythology class, right, because it's an interconnection, is that we sort of go into this space. It talked about this liquid. Well, what is the liquid? What is that? And so I wrote about it, not even realizing I was going to read about it today and now making the connection that we sort of go down into the darkness. But in this darkness, there's a tiny spark of light and that light sort of has a mist and that mist becomes sort of watery, right? It's like condensation almost, but it comes together in this liquid. That liquid is what? Well, it's the mirage. It's it's not real, right? It's this this fit this fantasy and then we come over and we look at it and we see our reflection that's a story of narcissist right is that he was so he was a young boy i'm going to give the myth behind it so you guys can sort of have context he was a young boy who um was very attractive yeah he was a good looking guy and um all these women, even men, everybody just wanted like to be with him. And he had no desire. He's like, I have no desire. I don't care. He walks up to a pool of water and looks and looks into the water and sees his own reflection and falls in love with himself. Okay. Um, and then that image in the water becomes the the image that he falls in love with but it's not real it's not true it's just an image see so it can it can transcend to beyond us just falling in love with ourselves. hey quadi it's not about us falling in love with ourselves per se it's falling in love with an image that's not real so what do we do well we can burn it up and we can go down to the dark deep spaces and recreate a new image that maybe is closer to authentically who we are sort of like a death and rebirth but see it's crazy so really when we talk about when people say oh they're they're narcissists they're this they're that really what they're seeing and what you're seeing is they're trying to reflect their image onto you and they want to see the reflection of the image of this false image that they've created and it's not real but they play it out as though it's real see they can't understand how to transcend that storyline of looking at their own image now that is what they're talking about if we can recreate that because there it's in everybody in some way has this in them right falling in love with some image that's not true this false sense of of being not really recognizing what the truth is. And that's, I mean, we do, we see people that are totally um, 
falling in love with a fake storyline, romanticizing, right? We see this in perhaps Disneyland, <laughs> the stories in Disneyland, right? Where we have princesses and, you know, this whole storyline that society itself has ascribed to. It's, it's a false image. It's not reality. But some people live in that mindset of this image of perfection, right? And and are are the perfect love or the perfect romance or the perfect and even in his story, it's about that, right? It's about love because that's the that's the base of who we are. We're constantly wanting to in connect and have that love, right? And that connection and people to get us. So it's it's being able to burn that up, that false image, go back, look at the condensation and relook at the new image and be able to be okay with the new image. It's like almost again, it's like looking at your image when you're older, right? Like one day you look in the mirror and you're like, what the hell is that line? That line never used to be there. Now all of a sudden it's there. Your face starts to change. Your hair starts to change. You start to look different and you're freaking out, right? You're like, what's going on? Part of it. But then you learn to accept the new image you see in the mirror. But people are chasing the image of youth constantly. You see, they spend all their energy trying to look young, be young. I'm not saying they got to look old. and <laughs> But we age. That's part of the process. And we have not... Um, especially our society, I think in the Western world, we have not honored aging whatsoever. Everybody wants to stay young forever. Let's have the fountain of youth. Well, guess what? That's basically, that's what narcissism, narcissist, the, the actual mythology behind it. When you see him, he doesn't ever grow up. He stays forever young, trying to be the youth. And, and he looks in the mirror, perhaps when he's older and doesn't recognize the faith and denies it. Nope, that's not it. They want to deny the truth. So we have to go down to the deep death, murky stuff, right? Where we, okay, maybe we're looking at the image in front of us and we're like, oh, that doesn't look like me. Or perhaps we're looking at like, Bobby, sorry, I don't mean to keep calling you out, but you're the one who shared. So I hope that's okay. If it's too much, you can tell me I least shut up and I will, I promise you. Um, but where you are looking at this image of a liar, okay? You're saying I'm a liar and you're not liking it, but you're not accepting that you are. <laughs> you called yourself a liar. I didn't call you a liar. I don't even know you, but you said it. And looking at that and saying, no, I reject that truth. I reject that reality. It's, it's, you have to be able to accept it as truth first, right? So that you can then go through the process of that deep, dark, whatever it is, and look at the image and the reflection of who you are. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not easy because we have to accept the parts of ourselves that are not so pleasant in order to overcome, to see the new image as it is to recognize it. And that's what this is talking about. You go down to that deep, dark, shadowy place. And then you see this spark of hope, this light. And the light illuminates a little bit of, of the darkness, right? And we're like, oh shit, yeah, this is pretty dark stuff. Yep, this is me. Oops. Now what? Well, now I can accept the image. 
but now I can transmute it. What's on the other side of lying, right? Truth, part of the same thing. We wouldn't have lies if we didn't have truth. We wouldn't have truth if we didn't have lies. We wouldn't even need to talk about it. If everything was just true, there would we wouldn't need to say anything. Right? We wouldn't why would we have to say anything? We wouldn't have to try to cover lies or whatever. We don't we wouldn't need truth if there wasn't lies. So on the other side of that is truth and the real truth. And what is the truth? The truth is you called yourself a liar. Why are you a liar? Then there's other truth behind that and you dig deeper, but you're going down into the depths to create a new mirror to look through and to accept the new image that has been created. This is almost, and if we looked at it from, let's say from the bigger perspective of what's happening in the world today, right? To make it relevant. When we see what's happening with these, with COVID, all this stuff that's happening, right? People don't want to accept that new image. Some people reject it. Some people um, are turning their face from it. Some people are accepting the new image to be truth. That you can create false truths all day long. <laughs> and you could feed it to people all day long. So we have to know our truth, right? Because who's creating the storyline? Who's creating that? I, this is another way to talk about it, another way to look at it. That there's these, these shadows that kind of lurk. And these shadows, when they put up the mirror, they, they're not exact. It's like this. There's a better way to do it. They have different mirrors, right? You go to a fun house and they have these different mirrors. And, and what's the true image of what you look like when you're looking at those mirrors, right? There's mirrors that can make you short and chunky. There's mirrors that can make you long and skinny. There's mirrors that can make you look sw swirled. And you're looking at an image and you're like, which one is the true one? Well, none of them are. Right? Not even the one that maybe looks the truer, but you're looking for the mirror that's closest to the true image. A little bit more authentic and closer. You know, the one where, like the mirrors that we have perhaps in, in our bathrooms or whatever. Some people will buy mirrors that make them look thinner, you know, purposely. It's like filters, kind of like a filter, right? On a phone. What image is really real? What's the true image, right? What do they call it? Catfishing? I think that's a that's a term right now that they use out in the world where people um, put all these filters and they look totally different. They're living in filter land and they think that that's the image that they should look like. That's what I'm talking about. We We have this false image of who we are, even in our mind about who we are as people, as interacting in the world. What is the closest that we can get to that reflection? The closest thing. Kind of what we're looking for. And sometimes we have to like shatter mirrors, right? Or we have to walk through mirrors. We have to do all these different things to get to maybe a truer version of our mirage because we're going to have it. Shadows exist. It's kind of like Peter Pan's story. He didn't want a shadow because he didn't want to grow up. He didn't want to see the reflection. See, we, we, we get to see our reflection through these shadows and understand what they mean. Everything's a mythology, you guys. Just go on. All these storylines have meaning. 
but we don't really talk about the meaning. We just use it for this imaginal world, but it means something in our waking world, something for us to digest and understand, to co-create again. So I wish I could be, uh, let's see what Bobby says. I wish I could be true because when I'm with my ex-partner, I used to lie. I hated it. And now when I was with my girlfriend, I like still lie. Yeah, why though? That's the question. What, what, why are you lying to yourself? Not to them. Okay. First of all, you're lying to yourself. So why do you lie to yourself? That's again, that's the question I'd be asking. Or I am asking it. <laughs> you don't have to answer it. Um, again, it's always up to you guys to engage however you'd like. And again, if you decide to engage and I start to dissect and you guys are uncomfortable, you can always ask me to stop. Um, but this part of the coaching that I do. Um, you know, dissecting little pieces and parts so that you can be liberated, not me. Like, I I know who I am. The fact that you're a liar, I mean, it could impact me somehow. Who knows? I mean, we don't know, right? We don't know the consequences of this. But it's your life and it's your choice. And I can't force you to, to go one way or another. But you know that it's not, doing any good for you right mentally physically emotionally because you're lying to yourself not them take them out of the equation you're lying to you some part of yourself is not being expressed and not being able to communicate some part of you is not being able to really truly be authentic and that's again right now what you're doing is looking through a mirror that's distorted so you've got to accept the ugly, murky stuff, go through that and come out with a more truer version of who you are and the reflection. And the reflection is sort of bounced off of individuals. Notice this, and it's kind of a crazy thing, you know, in some ways, if you live in the same spot, I'm not saying that you don't, but even if you don't live in the same spot, it almost seems to happen where the same characters kind of show up, right? They circulate. It's almost like we have, they call it sacred contracts. And Carolyn Miss uh, was, she wrote a book called Sacred Contracts. I love that book where we sort of circulate these contracts with these individuals in our life. And somehow they keep coming back. They kind of go and come and go and come. And it's kind of like the same people, right? Um, those are our mirrors to look through. And we recognize them and we're like, oh, shit, you know, they're just bouncing on me. They're projecting on me. I'm projecting on them. And we're looking at each other through this mirage, this this illusion. That's part of the illusion. So part of alchemy is understanding what's real and what's not real. <laughs> you get to determine that because I can't sit here and tell you what's real and what's not real. Now they feed us false realities all the time. They create all kinds of weird shit and try to feed it to us. They're trying to force us to, they're stuffing down our throats some weird shit, that's all I know. Believe this, follow me, do this, do that, do do this, you're this, you're that. And, and everybody's just blindly following. Not even like trying to understand, well, why? <laughs> For what reason? Why would I do that? I don't understand. Give me the intention behind it. 
Okay, so again, the false reality. So coming into this space where there's this liquid, the liquid is the opportunity for us to look into the mirror and see our reflection. Pretty powerful shit, you guys, really, honestly. It really is. If you can accept the image in the mirror, <laughs> if you can accept the the Okay, I don't want to say accept the image in the mirror. If you can see through the bullshit of the illusion of the mirror and you can create a mirror that's truer or closer to your authentic self and who you are as a reflection of that, you are in a better space than most people in the world. I'll just say that because most people aren't living that way. They're not. I would love to say that they are, but they're not. Why? Because they don't, they're so in love with the mirage. They're in love with the illusion. Okay. Another way to put it is the matrix. It's another way to say it. The guy, so you remember if you guys have watched the matrix, right? The one guy um, who turns on them and wants to be plugged back in. He likes the mirage. He likes it. He doesn't want to be outside of it. He doesn't like what he sees in reality. To him, the matrix is real, but it's not. It's a mirage, but he's in love with the idea of a mirage. That is what we would call someone. Um, that's what we would call the story of narcissists is that he's so in love with the image of this fantasy that he will at every cost go back to that fantasy and not accept the reality. And we see this happening with people all the time. Society. They're so in love the American dream, okay? It was called a dream to begin with. Like they told us it was a dream. Dreams aren't real, are they? Not in the waking world. Not that kind of dream. What dream are we talking about? Whose dream? <laughs> Look at um, uh, MLK speech, I had a dream. Dream, dream, dream. But the word is there and we just don't know. We don't even understand how it operates. We don't understand how the American dream, what does that mean? Where, how, how, does, how do dreams operate? Dreams come out of that mirage, that image that we're looking at. And we're creating this image and it's a false image. And there's, <laughs> so it's never going to be real. The American dream was never real. It was a mirage. It was a dream. And, and we looked at it as though it was reality, and that's fine. Sometimes we have these, I'm not saying it's bad to have these mirages, and so don't hear me saying that, is that we were looking at this false illusion as though it was reality, when in fact it wasn't reality. It was a mirage. It's in, And now we can't accept that this mirage wasn't true. What do you mean? It's not true. It's never going to be true. It's a dream. It's not going to be reality. Reality is dense. It's matter. It's facts. Dreams are fleeting and they change and they're molded and they're shaped and they're creative. We've sucked out all the creativity in America. So how in the hell can we still be dreaming? We're not. I mean, so there's I mean, this goes into bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger dialogue. But whose dream are we dreaming? Whose dream are you dreaming? 
Are you dreaming your dream? Are you dreaming somebody else's dream? Are you intertwined with somebody else's dream of who you should be? We can do this like dreaming with another person and we see this perhaps in relationships too where we want to be with somebody so much because we're really looking to reflect on somebody or intertangle our illusions into one. So again, it's very challenging, right? Because to be conscientious of this. So again, it's not about not dreaming. It's about asking yourself, what am I dreaming toward? Or what am I looking at? What is the image I'm seeing? The reflection of the image. What is the mirage? What's hidden in that mirage? Is this the mirage that I want? Is this the illusion that I want to live? If it's all just an illusion that I'm observing, what illusion do I want to look at? Yeah, you have the power to understand that and work with it and co-create the illusion. Because I lied to my girlfriend, I've never told her who I was controlling my money. And at the end of it, I told her over the phone and with my ex-partner, I have lied a lot. I never told her who was controlling my money. Oh, so someone's controlling your money? Ooh. That don't sound, I don't know if that, that doesn't sound good, but I don't know if it's good. Maybe it is good. Maybe someone needs to control your money because you can't control it. I don't know. Tell me, what, what do you mean by that? My question to you, Bobby, which I don't know that you're getting is why are you lying to yourself? Why are you lying to you? Why do you continue to lie about who you are? See, different question. You're calling yourself a liar, okay? So you're saying I'm taking responsibility, but why? What 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 are you ashamed of that you're not sharing? That's because when you lie to somebody, it's because you're ashamed. Literally, you're ashamed. Or you're manipulating. So there could be two things, right? There's probably tons of 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 ways that this can happen but manipulation is usually one right i lie to manipulate to get my way or two i'm ashamed of who i am both of those the shame is more of a self-worth conversation the manipulation is more of um where i choose to um engage in my magic because manipulation is what we call sorcery. So once you know, right, you have better determined where you want to go. In alchemy, you have the choice. And this is why people don't want to share this esoteric wisdom because people have a choice and sometimes they go to the darkness. And the darkness is manipulation. That's part of it. Um, we as alchemists have to be very, very conscientious of this. So I literally am conscious. I try to be very, very careful with my words um, when I'm speaking because you can steer an entire dialogue to go the direction you want it to. And you can use manipulation and all that. But guess what? There's always a debt that needs to be paid when you do that. So you still end up hurt. You end up trapped. You end up trapped in the matrix, basically. You will never come out of it. You will never um, be able to 
because it's almost like you sell your soul. That's why they say, well, they sold your soul to whatever. Really what you're saying is I'm compromising my integrity and I know that I'm going to pay a debt for it. Okay. And of course, Bobby dropped off. Not ready for the conversation, perhaps. Or he has work. One or the other. I don't know. Okay. So there you have it. I keep going longer on these things. I don't even realize how much I'm talking. I apparently have a lot to talk about, you guys. Thank you for hanging in there. Um, because the alchemy opens the door for so much dialogue. There is a rich dialogue to alchemy. It's very rich, um, and it can be very deep. But it also can be very light and very easy, right? We could say that we we are working with the light. Now, he talked about in the book the, the light that exists within the darkness, that spark, that fire. We call those fire letters. And, and well, that's one way that we do it. And fire letters coming from, I think it's Arabic. Ooh, I could be wrong. Okay, you guys can help me with that. I'm not sure. But the fire letters... Um, literally are these vibrational tonalities that help us to um, co-create with the divine. And fire letters, you'll find if you go and start doing your research on fire letters and all that stuff, um, are um, part of these systems. Um, and, you know, it goes, of course, into other spiritual processes beyond the fire letters, right? Because we talk about tonality and chakras and blah, blah, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. I mean, the rabbit hole never ends. There's so many different ways. But out of that comes this um, symbols are these uh, way to work with the energy. And that's what we learn how to do. How do you work with the energy and transform and transmute it? So, again today looking at the mirror what is the mirror you're looking through that's the biggest question i think out of today is asking yourself when i look in the mirror what version of myself am i seeing how whose mirror am i looking at and through what mirage am i looking at you know am i in a fun house looking through other people's mirrors or am i in my own house looking through my own mirror i mean i think the the goal here is to look through your own mirror first to be able to look at your own mirage your own shit which is like your own personal who you are your authentic self like bobby's calling himself a liar well okay so now accept it own that shit stop playing pity party about your being a liar right so that's why i said it's really hard because people will come to me and yeah, when we're working with this energy, I'm not mad at him. If he lied to me, I'm like, that's not my problem. He has to pay the debt for not living his true authentic self. You get to ask yourself those questions. Does it make him a bad person, right, wrong, good, or bad? But there is a consequence to the actions that he's taking in lying, right? Just like us, there are consequences we take in doing the things that we do. And we have to look at that. And that's really what an alchemist does. They don't make it wrong. They look at it and they say, oh, shit, I'm, you know, this is, well, I'm either ashamed or I'm manipulating. Which one am I doing? And if you know it, and here's another reason why people will stop and get off and not coach, because once you know this information, you have the responsibility to do something with it. You can't take it back. And some people are so afraid to do this work. You know why? Because once you know, there's no taking it back. And now you become responsible. And that's a hard thing because how many people want to truly live in their true authentic self and take responsibility for everything? 
it is not easy. <laughs> not an easy process, right? It's not so popular. Not everybody's running to say, ooh, let me just be my authentic self and look at my own. No, they'd rather point fingers or they'd rather say, oh, poor me and play the victim. It was them, not me. I didn't do it. It was their fault. They did this to me. Okay, there are things that, yes, someone slaps me. Yes, you're right. They actually did something to me. But I have the choice on how I'm going to respond to that. And knowing what I know, I'm not going to slap somebody back because I understand that they're slapping me means that there's something inside of them that's broken. They wouldn't even get to that point if they were living in harmony with themselves. You know, I think humans have a long way to go, perhaps, in, in, in really overcoming these things. I don't know. I don't know where you guys are. Where are you guys? You guys want to tell me? You guys feel like you're closer to your authentic image and mirage? Or do you think you're still living fully and totally in somebody else's image? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Anybody want to chime in before I go? <laughs> They're like, I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> um, Bobby's a brave soul. You got to give him a lot of credit, right? We've got to be, even though he, he pops off and stuff, you got to give the guy credit for being at least authentic enough to call himself out on his own shit. Like most people won't even do that. I mean, that's brave. It's brave to to sit there and say, this is, this is who I am. Guess what? We all lie. <laughs> Nobody's ever gotten their entire life without lying. So if anybody says that's bullshit, it's how far are you willing to go, right, with your lies. If you correct it and then you say, ah, oh, shit, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to tell you I lied one day. Somebody asked me a question and I didn't, I didn't want to deal with it. So I just, and then after I was like, nope, that wasn't right. I compromised my integrity and instantly fell off. And I said, yeah, that's not going to happen again because I know how it makes me feel. Right. I get it instantaneously. So we all lie. Bobby's just uh, brave enough to tell us I'm a liar. <laughs> and his lies have gotten so big. It sounds like that it's caused problems in his relationships. Okay, sometimes we tell the truth, Quad D, I'm going to put you out there real quick, and people don't like our truth. And now we have to accept the consequences of that, and sometimes people lie so people can like us. <laughs> you see, it's not easy. It's a very challenging thing. You're doing your best, I promise. I think that most of you that are on here are truly committed to the work. That's what I believe. I believe there are people out there that are truly committed to doing this work. And those individuals are looking at themselves and trying to be as authentic with themselves as possible. You know, yeah, you don't care. Quadi will say, look, I'm a flat earther. I don't give a shit what kind of backlash I get. That's his, that's his right. He, that's, he can believe whatever he wants. And he's willing to be authentically himself and say these things, even if people don't like it. Now, that's the hard part, right? Because if Bobby started to tell the truth to these individuals and he was authentic, they might leave his life, but they left his life anyway. So he might as well have just been himself, right? <laughs> 
know from the beginning, like me from the beginning, you don't like me from the beginning. There's no tricks. Even with me, you meet me, I tell you who I am. There's no tricks. There's no hiding anything. You like it or you don't like it. And then we know right away. And that's very easy. It's very cutthroat. It's very to the point. Like, let's not waste each other's time. And I'm not talking about relationship. I'm talking about every relationship, friendship, whatever. I'm not going to waste people's time. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I've said this many of times. There's people that get really pissed off at me, and that's okay. That's that. That's okay. I don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not here to uh, mold myself to everybody. I have my way of being, and some people may not like it. They may reject that, and that that's okay. Got to be okay with that, right? As you come fuller and fuller into your authentic self, people are going to fall out of your life. That naturally happens. Quad D, you know how that is, right? <laughs> guess what? New people show up. Different characters show up. And guess what? The old ones come back. It's the way life works. If they see, here's the big kicker. If they see you getting results, then they come back and they're like, how the hell did you do that? And even in that, and you get, you tell them your process, they still won't follow the process. They don't realize the work that goes into getting the results. They think it's, a again, a magic pill, and it's not. It's a process. There's a process to it. Just like seeing the mirror is a process. If you do that work, the results that you get in your life will grow exponentially. But you've got to have the patience to go through the work. You've got to have brave courage. You've got to have discipline and go through the work. You can't, it, you have to have a discipline to do it. And to do the work takes daily practice. Those practices are critical in order for you to get where you need to go. I didn't get like this overnight, right? It wasn't just I woke up all of a sudden. I mean, yeah, I, I've always been connected. I've always had faith. I've always all this stuff, right? And I've always believed in a higher power. Okay, that's never ever, I've never not had that thought or that belief. Okay, that's one thing I can say. But to articulate, to speak about this, for four years I've been talking about this stuff, right? This, I mean, on a podcast. I've been doing this for four years. To be able to talk about this for four years didn't happen overnight. It was applied and I practiced it. Okay, I utilized it in my life and I got results. And then people were like, well, how did you get results? And I'm like, well, listen to Spirit and Coffee and you'll understand. Now, I'm coming out with a course, right? Setting goals and achieving them. Is it really setting goals and achieving them? No, I had to get, I mean, it is, but I had to give it this kind of a generic name because people don't really know about spiritual alchemy. I mean, they're starting to come out. It's starting to make its face in, but I've been doing spiritual alchemy for years and years and years and years and years. The process is, is fun if you, if you go through it. So I hope that you guys are really, really committed to doing the spiritual alchemic work, not for me, not for anybody, but for yourself. And because the world needs people like us to do the work. God nuts is what they called it. <laughs> Give it some passion. Go out there and, and be a driver. Have the discipline, right? 
give it your best, even if it's not the best you could possibly give it that day. Whatever your best is for that day, try your hardest. It's like, oh, okay, I got to accept I was a total asshole. That's not easy to chew. People don't want to hear, they want to hear they're perfect and they're not. I'm not perfect. Trust me, I get feedback all the time <laughs> from people. <laughs> I'm human. Okay, I'm here in this world with you guys participating in it. And boy, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things coming up. Um, if you guys are interested, we are having a retreat series. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to put it here in the chat. You guys can take a look at it. You'll see all of the people that we're doing in the retreat series, you guys. Really, all of them are committed to spiritual alchemy. You can hear from others besides myself. Um, a couple of individuals from my program will be teaching stuff, living alchemy, um, understanding the uh, sweetness of life, um, how to be you. I mean, it's just some amazing people that are there. Here's another thing. We are going to continue to do these retreats every, I think, six months, which is really cool. So there's that. So I, I highly just encourage you to take a look at it and see what you guys think about it. Um, and you guys are welcome to be a part of that um, for sure. Um, it's going to be every Thursday for an entire month of January, which is timely for people that, you know, do New Year's stuff. Um, and so I'll be doing um, a couple of uh, uh, workshops as well. But we will be changing out. And we have this professor who's going to be doing the archetypes and astrology and cosmology, which is really cool. Um, I'm excited about that as well. So we have, again, a bunch of individuals um, sort of going in from their unique perspective on how to do this. And these are other individuals that I've worked with that I uh, fully trust them and their process. Um, and some of them are my guides, actually, that I work with. Um, some of them do hypnotherapy, all that kind of stuff. So it gives you an opportunity to kind of see what is available for me to maybe sort of journey in different places and spaces. Um, and so there's that. And then my course will be coming out, of course. And that is Setting Goals and Achieving Them. Really, it's to teach you uh, the alchemy of time, which is something really critical and important to understand if you want to co-create and create your goals and achieve them. Big goals. I'm not talking little goals. I'm talking these bigger goals that, you know, <laughs> everybody talks about and then you know, they never achieve. There's a process that I utilize that works. Okay. Um, so it's doing that managing overwhelm. How do we overcome the overwhelm, like the anxiety, all that stuff. And then, um, setting declarations, intentions, and milestones and understanding how to set, um, declarations, intentions, and milestones. You guys, this piece of it and, um, is going to be the expansion of spiritual alchemy. Okay. A consortium of of different individuals um under the spiritual alchemy umbrella to so that you can see that spiritual alchemy radiates and resonates in all processes it doesn't deny anything it doesn't reject anything in fact it it accepts all in order to transmute and transform our existence to be able to co-create with the natural law, with the laws that transcend who we 
are, who transcend us because we don't make the law. We think we do. We make human law, but the law of your heart beating and the law of your stomach digesting, um, you didn't create that. Sorry. You, we're not that cool. <laughs> we're cool, but we're not that cool. Like the human body, whatever was born out of or created out of, right, which is this natural world, lives by a set of laws. And we co-create with it, right? Your heart beating, like you didn't create that law for your heart to beat, but it's it's governed by laws to purify the blood, right? So it's it's really cool. And, and we start to think about life from that lens, we, we kind of overcome the fear-based programming of the mind too. So look at the body and say, wow, what a magnificent piece of work. We're trying to chisel work and we're over there looking at these sculptures and they're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. These people who have constructed the great pyramids and all this stuff and we're like, ooh, but what about us? Look at our body. Our body is freaking and I didn't create this. I did not create my body. My body, I just, I was given one. <laughs> and it was created out of a law that I don't even understand and comprehend. A greater law. Where we say, holy shit, this is cool. Like, I'm not just chiseled away, but I can actually move my phalanges. Like, they operate, they move. Like, that's cool. And I don't even have to really think about it. It's almost instantaneously, right? Like, my heart's beating. And like, I don't even have to remember to make it beat every day. Imagine if we had to remind ourselves to make our hearts beat, we'd all die. <laughs> Can't even remember where my keys are sometimes. Or like our eyes, they can see, right? Like that's cool. Like that's badass. So these laws that are governed by by our very existence, right, is, is, is the law of alchemy. And we co-create with it. Um, okay, so I'll just go on a tangent if I keep going. Oh my god, I've been going on an hour, you guys. Wow. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm, it's like the, the universe is spewing out all this stuff. Stay it all. <laughs> I like to shape and mold words, obviously. That's that's my gift to the world. So take a look at that. Um, I, I gave you guys the, the link. Take a look at it. Um, I would love to have you guys join us. Um, I'll continue to share it. We're going to be doing a video. You can see some of the people that I'm working with. Um, and if you guys are, I don't, I don't particularly know you guys, but if you're ever interested, I think we're going to start doing like um, a request for maybe proposals on different people who want to um, do workshops um, at these retreats because we're always going to have different people presenting a different aspects of spiritual alchemy so that people can kind of get comfortable with spiritual alchemy. So I think it's going to be spiritual alchemy consortium, I think is what it's going to be a collaborative of different organizations um, that come together for the purpose of teaching people. We are doing it as a professional development series. So um, we want to be able to work with companies and corporations and have individuals who are seeking a new way of professional development um to be able to come to these things so that's another thing so you know even if it's your work and they're like hey we want you to take some professional development we have a budget for that you might want to say hey look i have this this is what i want to go to um and you'll see that um it does cater to that we're looking to 
do CEUs perhaps that help, you know, individuals that need CEUs. Um, and I don't know if it can transfer over to another state, but here in my state, we're looking to do CEUs and maybe, I don't know if there's a way to do national CEUs. So if anybody needed CEUs to, um, I'm thinking human resources and perhaps uh, behavioral health specialists and stuff like that as well. So there you go. Have a fantastical day. I love you guys so, 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 so much. Um, and I will not be seeing you tomorrow because I work tomorrow. So I will be seeing you on Monday. Okay. Mwah. Have a great day. Bye-bye.